0: Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at CelebrationChurchLive.com. So we're now going to shift into um, the part four of a series we have just called Unstuck. And as we're looking at getting unstuck together uh, we understand nobody likes being stuck. So if you've got your bulletin open, you've got your Uversion app, this is where we begin to fill in the blank parts of this. And we keep coming back to this concept that knowing that God loves us helps us to go to Him when we're stuck. We have to know He loves us. We have to know that He's for us. We have to understand that down deep in our hearts or we can just find ourselves getting living a stuck life and reluctant to go in the direction of where our hope exists and if we if we're not convinced that he loves us because let's be honest sometimes life blindsides us and life gets us stuck but most of our stuckness especially as christ followers it's self-stuckness we get ourselves stuck We get ourselves in a place of different life choices. And as we looked last week at what it means to invite God into that place where we are tempted to give in to our own normal appetites that we've maybe built up or have been handed to us by culture or just the environment or where we've grown up and that don't align with God's word and God's best for our lives, that so many times when we find ourselves in that place of temptation... If we don't recognize that he's for us and he's with us, then we leave him out of that equation. And, and we end up stuck because we try to do that battle by ourselves. And we've never, never been wired to try to do that on our own. And we keep coming back to this passage of scripture, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. It says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, and yet he did not sin. So that's why we can talk to him, because he's been tempted as we are, but yet he didn't sin. He navigated that temptation without it bringing about trouble and sin and and pain and all the different things that our ungodly appetites can take us in the direction of. Jesus dealt with those and can show us the path of how to navigate that without Stepping into sin. He understands that how we're built. That's why the very next verse exists. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And I want to drill down on that word confidence. Throughout this series, this is our launching passage of scripture. And if you're new to Celebration Church, every series kind of has a launching passage passage of scripture and we just keep coming back off of that and this is that one for this unstuck series because I really believe we get this down deep in our hearts and we can deal with all sorts of stuckness because we go to the one who has the answers and we know he loves us and is for us but confidence is so important and we have to be confident that he loves us, that his throne is a throne of grace. We don't have to, to worry about this, this place of judgment, that, that that has been dealt with in Christ, that we are his sons and his daughters, we are his beloved, and he wants to help us to live life new. But anytime our confidence gets shaken, man, it throws everything off. It just completely messes up everything. We, we begin to, if we begin to lose confidence in something, man, we begin to pull back. We, we begin to, to try to grasp and fix things on our own, and it just messes everything up. Now, if you've been around Celebration Church for a while, I've shared with you lots of times that um, I'm no athlete. I'm not an athletic person. I was not an athlete in school. I just don't have that, that gifting. And so, um, that's not how I'm wired. But periodically, I forget this. And I decide to do something that requires some amount of athleticism. And a number of years back, uh, we decided, um, me and my dad and my two oldest boys at the time, decided to do something that was really a celebration of life. Uh, My dad had received a, a diagnosis that... Um the, the doctors say when this diagnosis comes down, they tell you to plan for death. It's just done. And, and for you medical professionals, endocarditis was the, the diagnosis. And, and he had this bacterial growth on the valve of his heart. And, and the, the survival rate of that is very, very, very low. And he was very sick for an extended period of time and, and had to be life-flighted and all this stuff. It was very, very scary. I mean, I did not appreciate, you know, getting the, getting the call from my dad and being told where the wheel was and those kind of scary things like no 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 and it was very very serious and praise god 2 years after that diagnosis my dad was cleared by his doctor to do this thing called an adventure race which is an 8 hour race where you mountain bike and you do these hiking trails and find all these waypoints and, and and you kayak and do all this fun stuff and and he had been so restored, and he's sitting with us today, praise God, and um, he had been so restored that not was he just alive, but he was whole and healthy and could like be poppers again and go do cool outdoor stuff, and so we're doing this thing um, out uh And doing this adventure race. So we got mountain bikes and all this stuff. And we, you know, mountain biked around and and tried to get ready for it. But really we were just out there to have a good time. And and so we get out there. And the hardcore mountain bike people, if there's any of you out here, then y'all know what it means to clip in. And so where these hardcore, crazy mountain bike people put these shoes that have these little contraptions on the bottom. That actually lock themselves to their pedals. Insane! Insane! That is crazy. It gets you more watts of power, and you're able to pull. You can't put your feet on the ground if you're going to fall. Well, don't fall. Well, I'm Brandon Clark. Sorry. (laughs) I'm going to fall. And uh, I clipped in one time on a road bike and got up to a stop sign and went, and (laughs) fell on my side. It was the saddest thing ever as I'm trying to turn my heel and click out. On the side of the road, and, and I'm pretty sure a, a, uh, I'm pretty sure a priest and a Levite passed me and didn't do anything to help. And so it, it, was, it was really, really bad. And so anyways, um, that was a lame church joke. Let's talk about that later now. And so anyways, now I'm off track. I was doing so good.) Um, But anyways, so but I I was not clipping in. There was no way I was clipping in. So I had regular pedals and all that stuff. I was doing it the weenie way, and so we're there at the event. You start out on your bikes, so you're not even starting out with you know paddling or any of the stuff. You're just starting on your bikes and hit the trail. So I'm in the lead, and the boys are behind me, and my dad's bringing up the rear to keep us all together, and we're headed to the place where the race starts. We're not even at like. The race hasn't started. We're trying to get to the start, and there's this downhill part that you go over, takes a turn on this trail, and then there's a steeper part over to the side, and you're just supposed to stay on the trail and go over here and and go to where the race starts, and so I'm taking off, and I head out, and I I knew from riding bikes when I was younger, you know, that when you're going downhill on that kind of stuff, you use the back brake, right? You use the back brake, not the front brake. use the back brake. So I was going down the hill, and I was using the back brake, and I was using the back brake, and I kept getting faster and more out of control, and I used a little more back brake, and I was getting more out of control, and pretty soon I'm locked down on the back brake, and it's locked down, and I'm skidding out of control, and I've just lost all confidence and myself, and my bike, and my brakes, and the fact that this was a good idea, this was terrible, and it's just going down, and just hillside, and all this mess, and so I'm like, I'm going to use a little bit of front brake, a little bit, a little bit of front brake, and so I go to use a little bit of front brake, and everything within me, because my confidence was shot, dr- grabs a hold of anything that there's any hope, and i like, I cramped down and my, I was saying a little bit, my hand said all of it, and I locked down and of course the bike does the front end over end thing. Had I been clipped in, that would have been terrible. But because I was not clipped in, I did the most athletic thing of my life ever. And it was awesome, and I wish we'd have had a GoPro, and somebody would have had it, because I did this thing where I leapfrog my handlebars. As my bike is going over, I'm just bailing out. I'm just jumping off. <laughs> and I just leapfrog, and I bring my legs around. I looked like I was going to do a cool heel kicker clicker deal with that the hot rod guys do. and I just'm bailing off, and I hit the ground, and I'm running down, and my bike is coming after me behind me. <laughs> And I made it, and I didn't tear anything up, and I got back on the bike, and we had it. And so, and, and it was, but it was just in that moment where your plan was gonna work, and then it didn't work. And then all of a sudden, everything just gets jacked up and you get totally freaked out. And you didn't plan to be here and you didn't plan to be stuck like this. And this is not the way it's supposed to be. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And you begin to lose confidence. Then all of a sudden, everything gets thrown out the window. Mike Tyson's most famous quote is Everyone has a plan until they're punched in the face. And it's the truth. In life, we get up, we make a plan, and then life punches us in the face. And then we're just reeling and we're trying to figure out what on earth, how we're going to fix this. The place where we have to always maintain confidence. Even when life punches us in the face, we're like, I didn't see that coming. If our confidence is in God, we will go to Him in our time of need and find mercy and grace in our time of need. But folks, we have to keep that place of confidence. And what builds confidence is spending time with God is spending time with him spending time in his Word, spending and learning who he is the next piece in our notes is God's words will give us the traction to get unstuck so many times we're spinning our wheels we're not getting anywhere flinging mud making a mess and we're just stuck as stuck can be and God's word is that firm foundation he's will give us the traction we need to get unstuck. Let's look at Romans chapter 15, verse 4. It says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. It was written in the past, but is written to teach us. Us, the ones breathing oxygen. Us, the ones where life goes crazy. Us, the ones that life punches in the face. Us, the one that had a plan and everything went awry. Us, the ones that need some confidence. It was written to teach us So that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. I pray that when you spend time in God's word, that you find encouragement of the scriptures. So many times if we read it where we think we have the wrong lens and we think God is mad at us and he's angry at us and there's this big weight of judgment on us, we don't dare want to open up and see how bad it really is, how jacked up it really is. I don't want to read God's word and see what else I failed at, what else I messed up at. When really we ought to find encouragement in the scriptures where we read the, what the completed work that, that Jesus had done something when he said it was finished. And guess what he's saying it's finished? That you and I are right with God. That God was in. Christ reconciling us to himself that he did the work and that's why we can have confidence that's why we need to spend and it encourages us when I spend time in in God's word it encourages me it builds me up Acts 20 verse 32 says now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all who are sanctified It'll build you up. It's not going to tear you down. It's not going to hack you down to size. It's going to build you up. Paul writes to his number one disciple, Timothy, in his second letter to him. This is the end of Timothy's, at the end of Paul's life. And he's writing to him, and later on, he says, I know my life is at the end. I'm about to be poured out like a drink offering. I'm done. And these are his final words to his number one disciple. Now, this is a guy, Timothy was mentored by the guy who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. That's a pretty good mentor. And his mentor is telling him, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Paul's saying, me, your mentor, I'm about to be gone. I'm about to be out of here. My life's about to be done. But guess what? All scriptures God breathed. Hang on to that. Use it. The Holy Spirit will continue to train you. You don't need me. You need his word. That's what Paul is pointing Timothy to. Because the truth is, is that every growing thing eats. We learn this in biology. Every growing thing eats. Whether it's a plant or an animal or an insect or microorganism. They all have, bring something in. All of us, more than likely, this point in the day, y'all showed up with breakfast. Some of the uh, early crowd, they may have not had anything to eat, so I would give them a donut so nobody's hungry around here. And so, but y'all have had something to eat more than likely. So, and you, ate, and then we're thinking about lunch. You're Like preacher, you're going too long already. We're going to have some lunch here. And so, and so we're thinking about lunch. And we, we everything that lives eats. And so, let's look at what this means. According to our spiritual lives, Matthew four four, Jesus answered, "It is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Man doesn't just live on the, on bread." Most of us like to put some bread, some food in us three times a day. And we can think that this is a cool little metaphor that we ought to put God's word in us on a regular basis. But this is not just a metaphor. This is the truth. We live on what God has to say about us and say about our lives and say about those situations. And it makes sense because the reason everything that grows eats is because it needs to replenish itself. We eat protein. Why? Because... We have some muscle in here to be able to live and all that stuff. And we need the building box of muscle to replace those that, get, that need to be built up and, and, and grow. So we eat some protein. I prefer like a, a good ribeye. That's my favorite source of protein. Got some fat in there too. And so you need some fat. And um, so some of you may be vegan or vegetarian. Lord bless you. And so <laughs> more, more ribeye for me. And so, and you're gonna eat some beans or some toad nasty food, and so, and, and you're gonna do that, and, and so that's your thing, and and we're honestly good with it. We're just all having some fun, and um, but anyways, we need a source of protein because of our because we've we we've, we've got some protein, we've got some um, some meat. We need fat for a while. There, there was the big thing that if you wanted to get lean and cut and all that, you needed to have the low-fat diet, and people got too radical with it and cut all this fat out of their life, and guess what? This thing between our ears, our brain, has a ton of fat in it, some good, healthy cholesterol, and we need to keep it good. People began to get, like, dumber as they were eating the low-fat diet. <laughs> it was bad. They were, like, getting skinny and dumb at the same time, and, you know, and some people are like, I don't know which is better, you know, hmm. <laughs> And so, you know, you've, I've obviously chosen the smarter part. So, and, uh, and so, but we need, we need the fats. We need them. And so we ingest them. We eat them in our oils and fats and the different things. And, and we take them in because we're made of it. And then we need the carbs to be burned and all of those different things. Well, you're like, well, what does that have to do with us taking in and living on the word of God? Huh. Let's go back to Genesis. Chapter 1, verse 3. And God begins speaking. And he begins speaking and speaking and speaking and bringing everything that we know in existence into life by God's word from the very beginning. You're like, well, he made Adam. He crafted him out of the dirt that he spoke into existence. That makes sense that we would need to thrive and grow on God's word, what God has to say about us. Since, since he spoke this whole thing into existence, if we're going to go his route anyways, we need to be feeding on what he has to say. And guess what he has to say about you? It's good stuff. You don't have to be afraid of it. He's called you his child. He's called you beloved. He's called you these different things. I love that John, the gospel writer, calls himself the one whom Jesus loved. He's like, does that that seem arrogant? Not at all. He seems convinced. He's convinced. And we all ought to be that. That's your title we can boldly wear. The one whom Jesus loves. Why? Because he has said that. He has said that. See, we often get stuck because our foundations are not solid. Matthew 24 verse 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Never pass away. Here, This is more solid than everything we know and build life on. God's word is more solid than that. And Jesus himself gives us the best parable on building life on the word. Let's look at Matthew chapter 7 verse 24. It says, Therefore, if anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house On the rock, the rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't put them into practice, doesn't own them, doesn't take them in, doesn't make it a part of who you are. Now put them into practice like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Guess what's consistent? The winds came, and they blew, and the rains fell, and the streams rose, and they beat against it. That's what happens in life. We live in a fallen world. We're not we're not at at our real home yet folks we're not there so there's some junk and some ugly that happens and it breaks my heart as a pastor it really does but here's the answer is when the the life punches you in the mouth, and you're like, I didn't see that coming. I didn't know where that was going. We had a plan, and this does not fit with the plan. Then we're able to hold on to what God has had to say on a bigger picture and be able to go and approach Him with confidence because we know He's for us. We know that He is with us. See, knowing God better should help us to trust Him more, and this knowing and trusting will help us to do life better differently it'll help us to do life differently that's why we spend time in god's word is to get to know him not because we get little points i got my little uh, i got my little christian points because i read this many verses and i did this stuff and no it's to know him it's to know him my wife would be so offended if if i sat down in front of her and said okay it's it's time for time together Okay, good. I hope you're happy. No, it's to interact. It's to connect. It's to grow. It's to grow together. James one twenty two says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. You know what? When we see something that we get, that we're like, man, that's amazing. We want to get involved. We want to do the stuff. My, my, my three boys, we got Weston home from Bible school with us this week. So I got all my boys under the roof. It's awesome. And so I could always tell what the boys had watched because they would want to do the stuff. So if we had had Rocky going, then all of a sudden the living room is a Rocky ring, man, a boxing ring. And they're jumping around doing the stuff and doing push-ups and trying to do one-arm push-ups and hurting themselves. and, 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 And so they're out there, you know, if it's Karate Kid, you know, then they're doing the little thing everywhere around the house, you know. And they're doing all that mess. No matter what it is, Carson may have been on YouTube watching parkour videos. And, you know, then he's trying to jump everything in the house and run around, slide under the table, do all sorts of crazy stuff off the furniture because they get excited and want to do the stuff. Folks, when we have this life-engaging thing with God's Word, it makes us want to connect and to do the stuff. And want to do the stuff. It's amazing that Jesus spoke to His disciples after they had seen Him. Feed thousands, do miracles, heal the sick. All of the different things that He did. Raise the dead. And at the end of His ministry, He tells them, greater things are you going to do than I've done. Are you, are you serious? Are you serious here? That's what he said. It's what he's commissioned his disciples, you and I, to do greater things than we even saw at work in Jesus' life. He's invited us to do the stuff. He's invited us in. But if we don't understand what this life in Christ looks like by spending time in his word and learning and gleaning, and let him be revealed to us, we will miss out. See, Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's not a light just to see where I'm camped out. It's not a, a, a light to my campground. It's not a light to my position. It's a light to my path. A path goes somewhere. A path has movement. It's, it's not being stuck. His word shows us the direction we should go. In the direction we should move and, and begin to, to shift. John chapter 8, verse 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings... You are really my disciples. See, getting a hold of what God has to say. This breaks the cycle of just spinning our wheels and getting nowhere. Folks, the truth really does set us free. John 8 32 says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set us free. God's word reminds us that his people perish because of a lack of knowledge. We don't understand and fully get all that's been given to us in Christ. Peter tells us that he's in Christ. He's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness, everything. But we've got to begin to spend time in his word and, and begin to, to learn it so we can live in it and to grow in it. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper. Than any double edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. See, so many times we get stuck because we think we have a pretty good handle on why we're doing things and the stuff we're doing and all of those different things. But sometimes we need God's word to come in and begin to reveal what's really at work. The truth is, it's self deception is the deception we're the best at. We're best at deceiving ourselves, thinking that maybe we've got this in order and this in order and whatnot, and God's word begins to come in and show us what's really at work, not from a condemnation place, but from a set us free place. To be able to show, well, here's here's this pattern, here's why you keep falling into this thing. Sometimes motives are wrong, sometimes all these different things. There's a lot of people who do some really good things out of some really wrong motives. Some really... Generous things out of really selfish reasons. There are people who are very generous with their family with strings attached. And it's a controlling issue. There are people who do all sorts of different things that seem kind and good. And they're really, when you dig deep down on the inside, that's not healthy and it's not love. And God's word will begin to come in and show and begin to show and, and bring out. Because so many times we can't even judge our thoughts and intents of our hearts. But God's word can See, our bottom line is, is what we believe determines the direction of our lives. So, are we going to grab a hold of what God has had to say? Are we going to get a hold of that and let that build the direction of our lives? Or are we going to continue to just try to figure this thing out on our own? (laughs) Folks, the truth is, is God loves us so much, He really will meet us right where we are. But He loves us so much, He does not leave us there. In this beautiful life of moving forward in Christ, of every day learning to know him better and trust him more. Of living a life of faith, of saying God's ways are better, God's ways are, are, are life-giving, and I'm going to let him be my shepherd. I'm going to let him guide me. It changes everything. It changes everything. So with that in mind, I want us to just create a little quiet moment here and now. And maybe you're here And maybe what we were saying to these folks in the waters of baptism, you go, you know what? I had always thought that this life in Christ was about me working real hard to make God proud. For me to try real hard and to do everything just right and to make God smile. And I recognize that God loved me so much that he sent Jesus to die for me. and And that he reconciled me to himself. He's not asking me to do all the work. He did the work. And now I simply have to believe it. And if that's you this morning, you want to place your faith in Christ this morning, I want you to just lift your hand up, and we're going to pray with you. We're going to pray with you. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Believers, lift your voice with these. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love for me, that you love me so much. You meet me right here, but you love me so much. You don't leave me here. I'm excited about our life together. I give you permission to move in my life, to take me forward from here. I thank you for your love for me and what Jesus has done. His death is my death and now his life is my life. And I believe that today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I want us to stand up. If you pray that you have any questions, we have our team coming forward. If they, you need prayer for anything at all, we have our prayer team here ready to pray with you on any front, whatever's happening in your life. So I just want to pray for you as we go out of here together. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your love for us today. Lord, I'm so thankful, Lord, for these that were baptized this morning in the public declaration of faith. Lord, I thank you that today is stamped in their personal history forever. Lord, as they have de- publicly declared their faith in you and you alone. And Lord, and we just call that sealed in the name of Jesus. Lord, we today go out of here recognizing, Lord, that you're the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, and that everything that we deal with in life, you have something to say about the issue, Heavenly Father. And we just say, we lean our ears to your word, Heavenly Father. Guide us and let it be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path as we go out of here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.